All right, so thanks for coming on time, guys. We're just waiting for Steve. God, Steve is always so fucking late. Yeah, yeah I know. So, what the heck? Yeah, but this time we're actually here at Roddy's Ribs and Chicken getting some food before we go see the Masters of the Universe at the drive-in. Yeah, you know, I'm always so grateful it's not just chicken or not just ribs. I love having that choice between chicken and ribs. Yeah, when when we agreed to go here, I thought there might be a third thing that they sell because I am a vegetarian, but <laughs> it's fine. Like, I guess watching you guys eat this, this food is, is okay. Out of a big bucket. Yeah. Just this big bucket of ribs and chicken. I mean, you're not disgusted by us for eating animals, right? Oh, yeah. Like, well, I, I do think it's barbaric. Barbaric, yeah. yeah. Wait, 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 wait a minute. This used to be an animal? Yeah, that's what those yeah. little white sticks. The white stick. Yeah. Oh. Um, here, you can have my bucket, Mark. Oh. Okay, well, I guess I'll just look at it. <laughs> hey, hey guys, how's it going? Yeah. Hey, Steve. Oh, hey, there Steve. Yeah. I'm so time. sorry I'm late. I am really excited, though, to see this movie. I'm a big He-Man fan. Yeah, you used to watch the cartoons at the house. Mm-hmm, yeah. You yeah. Know, remember, it's not He-Man, though. It's The movie's called Master of the Universe. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll have all my favorite guys in it. I'm excited. I'm really looking forward to seeing Prince Adam on the big screen. Yeah, I looked at the IMDb. There isn't a Prince Adam yeah, on the IMDb. Sorry, Steve. Well, I guess... Oh. Technically, oh, He-Man weird. will be in it, it looks yeah, like. Yeah, He-Man, I'm sure. And One and the same. It'll have, you know, our other favorites, Orko. I'm excited to see Orko on screen, yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. yeah not not, uh, not on the list. Wow, he's, not, he's not billed in the movie. Yeah, there must be some comic relief, though. Surely there'll be another character. Yeah, something goofy. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least I'm, uh, you know, I saw uh, Beastman, or what's that What's that other movie, Beastmaster, recently? That had a tiger in it. I'm sure this movie will have Cringer and Battle Cat. Yeah, He-Man's, like, best friend and Steed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bad news for you, Steve. Yeah. Not in the movie. What? No. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me just look at your list here. So, you, have, yeah, Snout Snout. It, yeah, I don't think he's in the movie nope. either. Oh, Snout Snout? No. The Elephant Man. Um, Orko's girlfriend, Dree L, is also not in the movie either. Oh, Orko got a girlfriend. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> and also, Luck Yuckers, Orko's girlfriend's younger brother, is also not in the movie. I'm just going to tell you that right now. This is like the whole Orko-verse is not in yeah. the movie. Yeah, Orko seems like he should be a big part of this. Yeah. Surprisingly not. Well, surely Triclops, Ram Man, Trap Jaw, Stratos, Met Man... Manny Faces, Web Store, Whiplash, Buzz Off, or Fisto are in the movie. No, uh, no, 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 no. Ah, yeah. What? Who did they get? Crag. Oh, Crag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is Crag right? Is Crag one of the characters? Yeah. Karg. Oh, Karg. Yeah. Yeah. Who oh, could Karg. Forget? Yeah. Who, who could forget, forget? Karg? I and, did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just now. And a, a blade, I believe. Oh, blade. love mm-hmm. blade! That guy hates vampires. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to get you this, the bucket of chicken and ribs that Bob didn't want, but it looks like somebody just grabbed it with a big claw and just pulled it sort of in an arc out of the back of our convertible. I feel like we should be more concerned about <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was probably nothing to be concerned about. <laughs> Welcome to What Did We Just Watch, the movie quiz show podcast. Today's episode is about the 1987 American superhero film, Masters of the Universe, starring Dolph Lundgren and Franklin Langella. In this movie, the heroic 
warrior He-Man battles against the evil Lord Skeletor and his armies of darkness for control of Castle Grayskull. I am your host, Mark Nessel, and our contestants this week are Steve Goff, who's playing as Steve Man. Hey, everybody. It's Steve Man. We've got Mo McGee, who's playing as Woman at Arms. I also have the power. And a Bob Killian, who is playing as Bob at Arms. Ha <laughs> Bob at Arms. I almost did Prince Stephen, but Prince Stephen's <laughs> good. Yeah, uh, not in this movie though. Yeah, and of course our contestants are playing for this week's mystery prize that will be revealed at the end of the show. So, Masters of the Universe. Any? I know everybody's seen this movie at least once before we viewed it for the movie because we actually showed it on our movie night. This is the first movie that we're doing that we have also shown on our movie night. Like, what do you guys think about this one? It's a fun movie. I don't think it's a particularly good movie, but it is uh, fun. I'm a big like sci-fi fantasy fan, so I just you know I love sci-fi fantasy movies in general. So I appreciate that. Um, I would say I would much rather have seen more action in the world of Eternia uh, and uh, Castle Grayskull rather than you know, having our heroes transported to L.A. That seems more like a uh, Masters of the Universe 2 plot line is like, oh, and now they go to L.A., you know? Well, that's literally what happens at Beastmaster 2. Oh, okay. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. this is like, there's a suspiciously large number of these movies, especially in the 80s, that are sword and sandal movies that take place in modern-day Los Angeles because it's cheap to shoot in modern-day Los Angeles. And you can just basically have an oily, muscular man in a loincloth, but then walking down the street. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, I had the same thought, too. Like, it was fun to watch. Um, Probably the second time, like, I picked up on more things that, like, oh, that wasn't really well done. But I do kind of wish it took more place in Eternia. Um, I felt that was much more interesting than having a, like, teenage plot line in the States. But it's still fun. I don't know much about He-Man, so that was my introduction to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, this movie is from the era of films uh, based on IP where movie studios were like, we're absolutely not making a movie based on this IP. Like, we don't we don't know anything about He-Man. We don't care about He-Man. We want to do our own thing. We're setting it in New York, uh, in L.A., and we do not care that, like, the <laughs> He-Man IP, we're not being true to it. it it's funny how much that's shifted. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. not being utilized. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of... There are some movies that have done this concept much better, like the We're Traveling to L.A. Like, a, a great example is Star Trek IV, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. where they go to San Francisco. That movie's a lot of fun. Um, it's fun to see your characters in a fish-out-of-water setting, but we don't know these characters. Like, right. He-Man mm-hmm. is barely a character in this movie. He's probably, like, the fourth lead of this film, <laughs> um, which is pretty wild for a movie where, you know, he's the titular master of the universe yeah i kind of um i mean it might come up like organically but like when i was writing these um questions there was a lot of stuff i'm like oh i could talk a lot about like the like the incorporate the toys incorporate the like cartoon incorporate the ip i mostly stayed towards just the like movie setting and another big sort of um blue c-shaped cloud hanging over this is this is one of canon's last movies mm-hmm. so um we've done a couple of canon movies i think on our um movie night and i'm definitely interested in doing a, like a couple more both on this podcast and watching all the canon movies i'm a big fan of those schlocky like chuck norris and charles bronson movies 
there's some there's a couple of uh, Sly Stallone uh, canon movies like Over the Top and um, Cobra. There's like Canon is a very weird studio that would basically pump out as many movies as they could. And um, I'm not like I said, we're not going to go into it too much. But I do want to shout out if anybody's interested in that stuff. Um, the Canon Films documentary, um, Electric Boogaloo. I think it's still on <laughs> Netflix. Um, it goes into a lot about this movie in particular because it was one of their last movies and it really bankrupt them. Hmm. Um, like along with this and Superman four, they were they were planning on making a Masters of the Universe two and Spider Man movie. They had the rights to Spider Man ready to go and everything. They Wait, in the same it. movie? It would be Masters of the Universe no, and Spider Man. Oh, okay. That would be separate movies. Okay. Masters of the cool. Universe versus Spider Man. Yeah. No. Again, it's canon, so they were doing like multiple films at the same time using the same sets and costumes, like and like just kind of trying to make as much movie as you could with the least amount of money spent. So they were while um, finishing this movie, they were disassembling the set. And we might get into it a little bit later, but that's why the final fight scene is poorly lit because the entire set was not available because they had already started disassembling it. Um, so yeah, it, it's an unfortunate thing. So it just kind of uh, feeds into the idea of this like cheaper movie that doesn't seem to fit anything because they were just like making this movie while the ship was sinking. <laughs> and it's it's a really interesting story and there's a lot of interesting, weird movies like that were made before this. But I'm, we're trying to stick mostly with questions about the movie. Yeah, it's a shame that Spider-Man movie never got made. I would have been really interested to see what type of uh, like non-superpowered regular humans that Spider-Man would have been friended yeah. and like what's going on in their lives. Yes. Why is Spider-Man in L.A.? Yeah. <laughs> I would love again. They would probably cut Peter Parker entirely yeah. out of that yeah. movie. It no Peter Parker. Yeah, just no alter ego. Just Spider-Man. He has no. It's no suit. His skin is blue. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he pulls out his driver's license. It says Spider-Man. <laughs> or it'll be like the Mandalorian effect, where they just—he's never removes his mask, mm, so you don't yeah. actually know who's underneath there. Oh. One other thing I want to shout out for this is the score was done by Bill Conti, who's the Karate Kid and Rocky, most famously, but a lot of other ones. Really just copy and pasted the Superman score for this one. <laughs> it did feel a lot like Superman in, it's, the, in it's, the introduction. It is jarring how much it did. Like the first few notes of the of the theme is just straight ripped off yeah, from again, Superman. Um, I actually don't have a ton of stu- uh, questions about He-Man because he doesn't do that much he's in barely the movie. in the yeah, movie yeah he's barely yeah. in the movie but yeah this is Dolph's third movie after a view to kill and rocky four and it's his first movie where he does a decent amount of english speaking how would you guys say he does in this yeah i think he's yeah i think he does a good job yeah they don't give him a ton of complicated stuff to say right. so yeah. yeah you can definitely tell his script was like not as long for being the main character titled movie person but uh you could tell when he was saying like his big lines like i have the power that was he must have practiced that a lot they sounded great Mm -hmm. you could tell he had the power yeah Yeah. he had the power yeah Yeah, the this is all like conjecture and stuff but according to like what i was able to find online he really pushed for his being able to do it they were going to hercules in new york him and just dub him over and he was like no i want to i want to do my lines and so um again i don't have the contract but it says online that um, he was going to get three. He they recorded him. They mic'd him on the day, and he was going to get three shots at dubbing. And if they were going to be able to just say after the three shots, like if they get it, did it or not, 
and then they ran out of money, so they just used the audio they had on the day and ended up not dubbing him or anything like that. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I, he looks great. He yeah. looks really good. He looks like He Man. He's got. He's in great shape. He looks he might very be, he's good. He's being yeah. used for his body. He might be mm-hmm. bigger than he was in Rocky Four. Yeah, I, he's very. He's sort of like trim in Rocky Four. He really is like beefy and He Man. I would have to say, obviously, I think Franklin Jella and um, I can't think. I th- can't remember her name. I think it's Meg Foster who plays Evil Lynn. I think they do really good performances. Mm-hmm. Yes. He, he, Dolph might be like third like best performance in this movie <laughs> like there's there's a lot of like uh people who kind of fade into them i guess the other one would be the principal from back to the future is also doing a pretty good job as the <laughs> like cop who's always upset about things yeah he's very intense that cop i like the actress that plays tila i think she's really great in the movie she brings a lot to that character just in what she does in scenes versus she barely says anything in the whole movie, yeah. but she really shoots first, which is fun. I, she does look at the camera at one point, which is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Woman at arms. Woman yeah. at arms. Yeah. <laughs> so um, is she supposed to be a love interest for He-Man? Like in the, or at least in the cartoon or somewhere throughout the show? Because they didn't do it in the movie, and I was okay with that, but I also didn't quite know what she, I don't know, what her history was, I guess. You shook your head like you knew your answer. <laughs> I think she is sort of a love interest for Prince Adam in the Ooh. in the cartoon more yeah. so than He Man, even though they are the same person. It's very much a yeah. Bruce Wayne Batman I, yeah, situation. Yeah, I think though. they grew up together, and it's it's sort of like a Lois Lane where she d- I think she doesn't know that he's He Man. Yeah, no, no. The only person who knows is the sorceress that because the sorceress gave him the powers. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of me speculating about what mm-hmm. happens in the cartoon, which I haven't <laughs> seen in a long time. So, yeah. so bear with well, us there. I was a Thundercats kid, so oh, I, 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 do, I do not yeah. know a lot about. Yeah, none of you guys had the action figures, right? Growing up, I didn't have a no. single. No, we was a little late. Yeah, I was I, a I was a Power Rangers kid. Yeah, and some X Men. Mm-hmm. I was a Ninja Turtles kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. all uh, good things. Mm-hmm. I think we we've watched like the cartoon like in in like the internet age as an adult I've seen the cartoon a couple of times I never watched it in syndication or anything like it's that. It's pretty entertaining I have to say it's it's very goofy um, mm-hmm. but it moves pretty quickly it's it's very silly the especially the early episodes don't make logical sense which you love to see in an old cartoon <laughs> I mentioned Power Rangers those episodes because they were dubbed from Japanese and then had the American kids written in it literally doesn't make sense scene to scene and he-man has some of that as well watching an episode of power rangers today i i don't even want to think what that would be like Mm -hmm. so let's get into this uh so for the first round we normally do a thing where i go through all the names of the characters but a lot of the characters are kind of memorable because they're literally (laughs) characters yeah so i'm changing up a little bit um so I'm going to give you the name of one of the Masters of the Universe characters, and you tell me, so we'll go around, um, and you just tell me if they were created for the movie or they were actually IP before the movie. Oh, interesting. Okay. We'll start with you, Steve. Was Blade original IP or created for the movie? Blade is too concise of a name. I'm going to say it was created for the movie. Yeah, it was created for the movie. Um, wow. He was portrayed by Anthony Dulaundis, who I don't know if we've run across him, but he's kind of like a journeyman stunt coordinator and actually a swordsman, too. He did all the sword coordinating in there. So it makes sense they gave him Blade to do. Yeah, he's got kind of a cool look. He's sort of, he's got one of those Dragon Ball Z eye reader things <laughs> yeah. over yeah. his face, which is cool. 
Yeah. Very bald. Yeah, very bald. Blade had a line that was curious where he was like, I've been waiting a long time for this. And yeah. I'm like, what's your, st- I would love to know your story. <laughs> yeah. What is your backstory? How did you get here? How did you become a mercenary that also worships this uh, skeleton? But Why like, do you like the blades? Mm-hmm. It's just Exactly. It's like, let's, let's dig into him a bit more. Yeah. Well, I was studying the blades <laughs> while yeah. you were watching this movie. Well, one, one thing this movie did study was the scene with the bounty hunters from Star Wars, because this is just exactly oh. that ripped off. Yeah, where they, really they show Boba Fett and the rest of them. I like how you say Boba Fett and the rest of yeah, them. Yeah, you know. Yeah, all the other ones, you yeah. know. Boba Fett and the rest of them. Bosk uh, is one of the other ones. Uh, there you go. IG-88, um, I think. Okay. Nice, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Good Thank memory. You. I have to wrestle Sly control. Sly Snoodles. I have to podcast back. That's not right. <laughs> so, Mo um, was Beastman an original character or created for this movie? Beastman. I want to say... I kind of remember you talking about this the first time we watched the movie. Was he a character, but his name changed or something else? I'm going to say no. no. Oh, you think he was for the um, the movie or the original I think he was figure? for the movie. No, he was one of the original four figures, along oh, with Man-at-Arms, He-Man, and Skeletor. But yeah, Beastman is an OG, like Masters of the Universe character. In the cartoon, he can talk, and he seems to have like a lot of agency. In this, he's just sort of like... Grr. And from what I understand, again, a canon movie, the um, there was no air conditioning in any of the sets, oh, and no. the Beastman would just pass out periodically, and they would just like take him back and like kind of like rehydrate him and everything and get him going again. But that suit was like a torture device, like a Gitmo oh, torture device. That sounds <laughs> absolutely terrible. Yeah. So pour one out for Beastman, but hopefully into his mouth because he's very very thirsty and alive. I yeah. Hope. Bob. Was Sarad an original character or uh, created just for the movie? Sarad was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, gets destroyed by Skeletor because he has too much style. So I think Skeletor was jealous. Um, I think uh, Sarad. I think Sorad was created for the movie. That's correct. Sorod was created for the movie. They did release an action figure in preparation for the movie for him, but it, he was only like created for the movie. The The person playing Sorod is um, another famous stuntman, Pons Mar, who's probably best known as the head wheeler in The Return to Oz, a movie we'll never do on <gasps> <in> this podcast. <laughs> well, well, you know what they say, K. Sorod, Sorod. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, <laughs> Bob thought that was funny. I think he's one of the ones that has the two towers, right? Sorod. Sorod, Sorod. Yes. Steve, is Karg an original character? Uh, I, knew that, I knew that. I knew this movie. was coming because you were going down the lines of the of the four guys. I'm not sure. Well, um, yeah, that's the whole point of the trivia. I I think Karg. Is probably an original character for the movie, but wait, wait, you, original like so was created for the movie or was pre-existing? Or uh, I'm gonna say created for the movie. Yep, created for the movie. Woo! So Karg is sort of, from what I understand, an amalgamation of some other characters. Um, he never had an initial toy tie-in. It wasn't until like the internet age that he ever got released as like a figure or anything like that. Uh, years later, he got his figure released. And um, I think I said this before, 
he a lot of the um, He-Man characters they get like a card that also has like a tagline or a catchphrase or something about it. And Karg's catchphrase on his toy is "Evil Master of Cruelty." Oh, wow, yeah. that's sad. That's he, he must have a sad backstory. Yeah, yeah. People were cruel to him, so he's cruel to others. Yeah. He's I, got a great hairdo, though. Yeah, oh, so good. Yeah, you gotta assume if you're like Evil Lynn and um, Karg comes back and their hair is still like that, then it's like, well, you weren't actually in the battle. Like you're like <laughs> you're just too afraid. You're too afraid to like or mess up your hair. He had so much hairspray in his hair that yeah. it just was a rock into yeah. You like beating people over the head with his hair. <laughs> While we're talking about the four uh, guys that Evil Lynn sends to Earth. It's weird that Sarad gets killed first because he looks the best by far. Mm -hmm. Like, it's the best outfit and it's not even close. And, like, he says nothing and then he gets murdered. So I've got a few more. Mo, Mm -hmm. are the Skeletor troopers original or created for the movie? I get all the troopers as characters. Yeah, were were there Skeletor troopers before that? Sure, he seems like a minion guy. No. Oh, God. So they were created for the movie. Um... Apparently, one of the rules for He-Man from Mattel was that he was not allowed to kill anyone. So he could just unload on these Skeletor Troopers who are robots canonically in the movie. But wait, didn't he kill Karg? Uh, it's unclear, I guess. Okay. I don't know. Did he kill? Car- I don't remember. A lot of those fight scenes. Now are I don't like, either. Yeah. But he did get like disintegrated, which I don't think a trooper would have done. You mean Karg, the master of cruelties? Yeah, the yeah. master of cruelties. <laughs> well, the evil master of cruelties. Oh, oh my mistake, my right, mistake. Steve. Yeah. yeah, don't regret that. Um, yeah, one thing to keep in mind is that every single character in the He-Man cartoon is a action figure. Yeah. So they were they would never release like a bunch of like nameless yeah, guys extras, that can't yeah. be an action figure. It's like it's like Skeletor, and then is like ten dudes who are all recognizable have names and are marketable yeah and also if i remember correctly all kind of like hate him or like a little bit they like kind of are reluctant followers of him because he's the strongest Mm -hmm. like in this one franklin jello really commands the (laughs) like space he's occupying like yeah yeah i was curious about that because he kept calling them mercenaries the four main guys yeah but then like at the end they're like begging like we only worship you we love you so much it's like you probably don't have to pay these guys which is what mercenaries are because they're just like fearfully following you anyway so Mm -hmm. just save a few bucks i mean yeah but to hit the point home the skeletor troopers don't even have a page on the he-man wikipedia which kevin does have a he a page on the wikipedia for He-Man, I could only find their like official names and information on the villains Wikipedia, which are two Wikipedias that I didn't know existed until I started <laughs> writing this episode. And and I assume Kevin was pre-existing IP. Um, no, it doesn't. As far as I can tell, like there wasn't a Kevin action figure oh, that's before weird. this or anything weird. like that. But weird. I do have one more character. Bob was the sorceress, an original character in the He-Man universe. Yes. Yes, the um, sorceress was an original character, like super important. She's actually Tila's mother. Ooh. Oh, yeah. So Tila, par- yeah, it's the sorceress is a- in the show, and again, because I looked it up, uh, so is Tila's mother. The man at arms 
finds her as a baby and raises her. Oh. So, oh. so he's not with the sorceress. Then. No, he's not the sorceress. Yeah, husband. I, I was going to ask that because they did seem to have like a father daughter relationship. She calls him father. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, got yeah. it. Yeah, okay. that was my first. But it's clue. like a She called him father. father. Yeah. That's like, a good clue. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is a solid clue. Yeah, no, it's this, and then it also on the Wik- the He Man Wikipedia said she the sorceress does have a husband, but he's never seen or named. She just mentions that she has a husband. Those were the six characters that I had for this because most of the other ones it's pretty clear like Kevin or He-Man if they were. really hoping I get Julie. (laughs) If they were or weren't in the show beforehand. Um, But yeah, so Beast Man and Skeletor are the only two pre, and Evil Lynn, I'm sorry, are the only pre-existing bad guys in that this movie. That was sort of the thing I was trying to get across with this game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they didn't yeah. use a lot of like. Yeah, especially uh, hearing how much like lore there is for He Man and all those names that were listed off earlier that you know could very much be characters because they are like nope, scrap that. We're gonna make our own. Give them a weird name. Mm-hmm. So the second half of this like round is I've got some attorney of vocabulary here. So this Ooh. is a buzz in. Oh boy. So you, I'm going to say a word and you guys have to tell me, like what it's. Like, is this a measurement of time or a measurement of, like, is, I knew you were gonna do is this. this an object? Like, is this really you, hoping you, you know, wouldn't. or used for this or that or something like that? Mm-hmm. So uh, the first one that I have here are metrons. Yeah, Bob did it first. Year. I believe that is a unit of distance. Yeah, measurement of distance. The next one are um, lutrinos. And they're not all like measurements or something like that, but they're like stuff that they talk about with enough context clues for me to actually like say what they are. Did you say lutrinos or neutrinos? No, lutrinos. L-U-C-R-E-N-O-S. Oh, okay. All these words are courtesy of the subtitles I downloaded (laughs) off the internet. Okay, all right. Well, then I I thought that they said that the car was running on a neutrino drive, but now you're making me think that it's a lutrino drive, and so some sort of, like, particle or something that makes the car go that he makes yeah i was i was looking for like energy source but basically yeah yeah. so like a lutrino is some some sort of unit of energy or like something you can use to power something yeah so you i'll give you that one um the next one that i have are pretons is that the measurement of time pretons is a measurement of time yes i don't actually have the context clue of that but they do say preton as a measure. Yeah, we don't have the time. exact, uh, you know, transfer yeah. algorithm. But. Yeah. Um, one of the later ones, I do actually have some information on. <laughs> Great. Um, and then the next one I have here are chromons. Yes. Okay, so chromons, this is also a measurement of time. Yeah, yes. this is also a measurement of time. And so I used like my trusty like uh when i was control effing around the uh subtitles um according to my subtitles the 19 and a half minute mark man at arm says there's 0.84 chromons until moonrise oh yes this at, is what i'm i live for this at the, at the 57 <laughs> minute mark um he says there's 0.61 chromons until moonrise so in about 37 and a half minutes of movie time 
0.23 chromons of time took place. We don't oh, know like if there God. have been cut cutaways or something. Maybe they all took a nap or something. This movie but... takes place in real time. It's, yeah, like, it's, 24. Like, 20, it's like 24. Yeah, yeah. There's that one beat like ticking clock. Yeah. Or 1917, where it's just one giant shot. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, thank you for doing the service of. <laughs> Counting those, <laughs> Mark. I yeah. really appreciate yeah. that. I tried to do that the first time we watched the movie with the chronoms. I was like, can we figure out exactly how many chronoms there are? So I'm, I'm glad you put pen to paper and yeah. figured it out. Yeah, I thought you would appreciate that. Yes. I mean, the I universe is music, but it can also be math. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end of the first round, um, Mo has one point, Steve has three points, and Bob has four points. Hey, wow. yeah. I took notes this time. Yeah. <laughs> teacher's pet (laughs) (laughs) this round is going to be involve a lot of our favorite comic relief character in this we've got a lot of gwildor content coming up we haven't mentioned gwildor at all during the record so far he has been looming over the this podcast the specter yeah the the specter yeah yeah but um gwildor in the room yeah, yeah gwildor is kind of a nefarious seeming character in his own way he talks about having to lock he's like you didn't have used to have to lock your doors and stuff like that (laughs) which doesn't seem to fit the attorney like like stuff at all and i have something about it later but um so the first question i have does anybody know gwildor's full name I don't think I'm going to get the word right, but I think it was like Gwildor of Teloria or something like that. I don't have that. Do you okay. have well, I was going to say uh, Gwildor the Thanadorian. Yeah, Fe- it's Thenor, like Thanadorian or something like that. Yeah, Gwildor of Thenor or Thenor, something like T H E N U R. But yeah, Gwildor of Thenor. Um, so. Gwildor has two titles. Um, does anybody remember them? Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, and I remember this for a particular reason. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, Locksmith and Adventurer. It's not Locksmith. That's what it sounds like. You, I know you made a comment when we were watching it. It's it's something else. Does anybody Ooh. remember? Doesn't he refer to himself as a master songsmith or something? He is that, but that's not the title he introduces himself with. Well, yeah, we all know he's a master songsmith, obviously. (laughs) Because I think Evelyn calls him the locksmith. That's what I was thinking, Yeah, locksmith is right. I will Um, give you that. Yeah. Well, if nobody else can think of it, I might just give... So it's locksmith and inventor. Oh, inventor! Yeah, oh, yeah I misheard him. Yeah, because you made a joke. You're like, he says, "I hate adventures," and you're like, he, "Well, he's right. an adventurer." It's like, no, he's an inventor. Oh, inventor. Okay, yeah. yes, that that's what I was sense. wrong. You, you got the closest, so I'm giving you the points. So Great. That's that's how this game works. I <laughs> must have all the points, or I have none of the points. <laughs> I have the points. Yeah. So. Like I mentioned before, Gwild- I, I, I don't know. Gwildor is like a bit of a sinister character to me. Does anybody remember all the things Gwildor steals on Earth? He steals a number <laughs> of things. <laughs> yeah, or just see how cl- Yeah. Okay, so he steals the, the meal with the grappling hook. Yeah, the he, bucket of meat. He steals the big car. Yep. Um, a human land boat. Yeah, and he steals our hearts. Uh, <laughs> I was looking for a third thing. Can anybody... 
I, I believe he steals some clothing. Yeah, he steals mm. supposedly Courtney Cox's mom, dead mom's clothing. Mm. Not in good taste, Gwildor. Nah. We also haven't talked about the fact that Courtney Cox is in the movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, Courtney Cox, Courtney fresh Cox off of um, yeah, a fresh off of um, Dancing in the Dark music video, the Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, Bruce Springsteen there, yeah, stage. There, yeah, there's a lot of Bruce Springsteen references in this movie because we've got Courtney Cox from the Dancing in the Dark music video. There's a pink Cadillac. Oh right, right, and right. And Man at Arms definitely has a hungry heart. <laughs> <laughs> You were you were so ready. For that. <laughs> I, well, I was hoping I'd come up with a fourth thing, but uh, I only had yeah. those three things. I'm like, well, there's a button at the end, yeah, so that's a joke. They keep threes. getting away from the bad guys. I'd say they were born to run. Yeah, I would say, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? We got any others? Nah. This is the uh, it's uh, the West I Coast. I guess when, None... when Skeletor arrived in L.A. on his throne and like they took the street, that was kind of a Thunder Road. Oh yes, yeah. yes. Oh, they're actually true. yeah that portal at the yeah. end. There is a ton of thunder on that. <laughs> like yeah. So there you go. Kevin and uh, and Julie were presumably born in the USA. <laughs> as far as we know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not a lot of regional specifics because a lot of West Coast like locales, <laughs> no streets of Philadelphia, no uh, Asbury Park or anything. You like. have to, you know, you have to be careful when they are sort of coming through the portal. There's a lot of lights and things. You don't want to be blinded by the light. Yeah, there mm-hmm. you go. We can keep, yeah, we can keep going. Yeah. We could, but Steve is shaking. His I, head. I can't. Th- I'm just jealous. I can't think of a single Bruce Wayne <laughs> song. So this isn't a question, or I mean, we could make it a question if somebody like comes up with the exact thing. But does, can anybody tell me how does Gwildor explain how Evelyn got the cosmic key? Oh shoot! And like I said, it's sort of a specific thing, but I wanted to read out this whole thing. Yeah. D- oh. Yeah. Bob no. We can, yeah. Go for it. Well, yeah. I have a non-specific answer, which mm-hmm. is that he, I'm pretty sure he says that she tricked him, yeah. but I don't remember exactly how. Yeah, I, I I have the exact transcript of the like oh something like right here. Mm-hmm. Like Wildor, will you take the stand? <laughs> and so she he's. This is also how I know his race. Did you have a? Oh, yeah. oh no, I was gonna say that pretty much. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember the specifics. Yeah, he says. We we Thanulians are a peaceful race, trusting in every way. A woman came to see me, said she heard about my fame as a locksmith. She seemed uh, interested in my work. That uh is a real strange like, and and I'm not I'm reading it like it's in the thing, and but how, you're not reading it like Gwildor. Oh yeah, <laughs> she seemed uh, interested in my work. <laughs> I know. I'm. I'm surprised you're not making us answer in Gwildor for this round. Yeah. Too, these questions. He he describes himself as trustworthy in every trustworthy way. Trustworthy in every way. But then he has that line about you can't leave your doors unlocked yes, anymore. Yes. Yeah. Which is weird. That yeah. reads a little weird. Then he goes on to steal a bunch of shit. So like, can we actually trust Gwildor? Yeah. He's worried about keeping his door unlocked, but he lives in a. He's like what three foot tall and yeah. like no one could fit through his door anyway. <laughs> the neighborhood's changed, Gwildor. Come on, like. <laughs> No, some bad people have moved in. It's like, okay, okay, yeah, we're not yeah. Skeletor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't like the way you're talking about that Gwildor. No, but, it's neighborhood watch you set up. It just seems very particular, Gwildor. Yeah, Gwildor, get off the next door app. Yeah, and so uh, we haven't even got to the part that I was most like. So then she, she seemed uh, interested in my work. How could I know she was from Snake Mountain? Which again, like very regional specific. <laughs> and then he goes, she, she was beautiful. And then really quickly interrupted by Man at Arms that said, that would be Evil Lynn. 
she tricked me. She stole the key. So he's like, I guess she came over. She was she found him really beautiful. Was talking about how like great of a locksmith he was, and then I guess tricked him into giving her the key or something. I'm curious about what form she took because we know she can transform. So there really weren't many specifics on how she got the key. No, no, I mean, but it's like tricked, yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, but it's just. It, it seems very strange. Like, there's a lot unsaid. Like, if I was, like, like He-Man, I'd be like, wait, wait, Gwildor, like, what exactly did you do? What exactly did she tell you? Like, I, I will say, I don't think there's enough evil Lynn in this movie. Oh, yeah. There could be a lot more evil Lynn, yeah. you know? She I was think, great. Yeah, I think she was great. I mean, Skeletor was also great. Um, you know, really enjoyable to uh, to watch and listen mm-hmm. to. Um, but, yeah, I, I could have done with more evil Lynn. Mm-hmm. It's it's a shame the Skeletor costume is so bad because right. Frank Langella is really really good in the oh, movie. Yeah. yeah, he really commits. I did appreciate that. Yeah. And again, not to go back to the cartoon, he kind of changes what the character is because mm-hmm. the Skeletor in the cartoon is a little bit like sniveling and like he doesn't command a ton of respect from his cohort. If I remember correctly, he's more like out for revenge. Mm-hmm. In the other one, he's he's um Prince Adam's dad, the king's half-brother or brother who was, like, cast out. Ooh, and so, very Hamlet For being a skeleton yeah, man. Yeah, for it's it's like a very, like, I'm out for revenge and stuff like that. This one, he just sort of has this cosmic aspirations for, like, world domination or Wait, something. Wait, so Skeletor is his uncle? Yes. That is wild. Yeah, there's a lot of family dynamics in He-Man. What happened to his face? Yeah. Again, would have loved the backstory. They so, obviously had beef throughout it. They kept mentioning it's it's going to be you and me. It's just comes down to us. I would have liked to see that backstory. Yeah. Too. So I did have a lot of that written down because I was on the He-Man Wikipedia page. Oh, great. And it got about to be half of a page of notes and I deleted them all oh, because no. I was like, this is already <laughs> like, I wasn't done writing it. I'm like, wait, so Skeletor might be from this race, which is its own thing. There's like a ton of different races and half rate. Like, um, Karg is a half human, half, bat person i think there's like oh. a bat race or something cool. or only speculated to be once i saw it speculated his like <laughs> race i'm like no like, <laughs> like, we're not talking about it in the in the podcast <laughs> those are the specific questions that i had for gwildor so the next um character for the second round is uh julie who's courtney cox's character mm. um yeah like she's great again sort of like a kid in one of these 80s canon movies not really given a ton to do she's essentially like a walking like police scanner or a walking like news bulletin where she like explains what's going to happen um but does anybody know the name of the fast food restaurant courtney cox works at it's robbie's Chicken and ribs? Yeah, Robbie's rib and chicken. Rib and yeah. chicken, okay. Yeah, I also think it should be chicken and ribs. Yeah, like, I right. just want to say better. chicken and ribs. I think but... we're just so used to hearing like Roscoe's chicken and waffles. Yeah. yeah, they do tie in with Burger King in this movie, but they go to a different fast food restaurant <laughs> right. and they don't eat the Burger King food. They just throw it in the sink. A sink that doesn't seem to have a garbage disposal. They really need to have ribs for that scene so they could describe what a white stick was. Yeah, no, it is. And, and so they could shove rib meat and like juice into that Gwildor costume oh, which God. yeah oh, that, that sauce on his chin uh, yeah and like imagine just you're in this and you're like well i have to finish this and so just getting that's, like rib juice like just poured on your that's face waterboarding via barbecue sauce yeah. like that's terrible well Gwildor is so like good looking 
beyond that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can you can look past his... a little bit of like rib sauce all over his face. Yeah, yeah I hope he didn't get any in his gill slits. Were they? <laughs> yeah, gill slits. Yeah, the yeah. gill slits. It... They never come back to. Is he a fish? No, right. he has gill slits though. Yeah, you know. I would have liked to see some Gul'dor like swimming. Maybe he's like a really good swimmer. Um, I was I gonna. Would not means a person in that suit probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. And like filling up with water the yeah. entire time. I mean, time. they they land in that swamp, and Gildor's like stuck in the water there. There aren't a lot of swamps in SoCal. Like there, it's not. It's like a pretty dry place, and there aren't normally just cows standing in swamps in Southern yeah, the California. Yeah, ca- the cow is a little jarring. It's yeah. like it's a wild jarring. cow. Yeah, <laughs> like something yeah. that should be in the woods on a stage. It's uh-huh. it's very much just like here's the front half. Yeah, somebody was like going to like bring it to exchange for some magic. Beans it's a or it's something. a bull too. It has horns. Yeah, you're right. It's a male yeah. cow. Okay. I yeah, I didn't really think it was that important to go All into. All right, well, specific, but yeah, keeping everybody <laughs> honest here. <laughs> um, All right, I'll take a point away from myself. <laughs> <laughs> is Gwildor a, a character from He-Man? No. Gwild- okay. So Orko is a character in He-Man. They couldn't make a floating wizard character because magic and floating are a pain to do. So they made a walking inventor character. Mm. And so, but yeah. Because ju- everyone loves Gwildor. Mm. They tried so hard to force the laughter with Gwildor. Like there must have been like someone offset holding like a, like a laugh sign mm-hmm. or like some sort of cue because every mm-hmm. single character would just go, ha, ha, ha. Uh, every time Gildor said something. Yeah, so the one thing I will say is the, oftentimes it's the case where it's bad, um, like comic relief, and then you like don't buy it. It's bad comic relief in this movie, but all the characters seem to genuinely like Gildor. Like it doesn't seem like sort of forced, or it doesn't seem like they're like putting up with him. They seem to genuinely like they say his name so yes. many times. I, I have it written down like it's almost like an improv game. It's like, okay, your character, every time somebody addresses you, they have to begin with your name. And yeah. it's like your character, you have to honk at the end of every one of your sentences or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or a drinking game. Begin and yeah. end your sentences with Gwildor. Yeah. yeah. It, it's a real, when Gwildor's not on screen, the audience should be asking, where's Gwildor? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So Moving we're s- pieces. Gwildor, <laughs> Gwildor died on his way back to his home planet. Oh, no. So the next question I have, where is Courtney Cox moving at the end of the day? Was it New Jersey? Yes, yeah, she's moving to New Jersey. As all, it's going to be in another Springsteen video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I Actually, my first thought was Nebraska, like the Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> so are her and Kevin high school students they're definitely like around high school age but maybe they graduated last year i i would have thought that they were in high school because they were going to the dance or she was like i don't want to yeah. go to the dance but yeah, maybe he's just playing music at the dance because mm. why would she leave for new jersey before she graduates yeah and why would he be performing at his own prom like mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense if he was like a year below or a year above i guess maybe some people did perform at their prom instead of the one thing is and again time is sort of amorphous here her parents did die and she said she was studying. And this happened pretty recently, like um, according to the gravestones of the parents, which we do see. So I do assume she's 18, too, because she's no guardian. She's not living with anyone yeah, else. Yeah, she she's appears just to be living alone. Yeah. 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 So I, 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 she's definitely a senior in high school or older. But yeah, has to get to New Jersey. Because like, that's what, you know, a fresh start. As people from like the tri-state area, we, like, we love our, our friends in Jersey. But I mean... 
SoCal's nice too. You got mm-hmm. all the swamps and everything like that. Yeah, this is all before where your where your boyfriend lives. Yeah, um, probably your friends. This you is got all Robbie's before, ribs and chicken. Yeah. Robbie's ribs yeah. and chicken. This is before the wildfires and everything. Like we're real bad. So like I don't know what that like suburban um, LA is like now. Maybe there's not a lot of like uh, restaurants and swamps there now. Did they get rid of Robbie's ribs and chicken? I don't know. Is it a Starbucks now? Yeah, they have a, apparently have a big roaming cow problem. Yeah, <laughs> wild cows everywhere. So the next question I have here is, how many times does she say it was her fault that her parents died? <laughs> Too many. Yeah, that's actually the answer that I have written down. <laughs> this, that's not a real question. But oh. she said, I wanted to oh, talk really? about it. <laughs> she says it so many times. It's not her fault. No, like, and I would have loved the... for Kevin to step up and uh, like affirm that for her, that it yeah. was not her fault. That he's that's, just... that's the official stance of this podcast, that Courtney Cox mm-hmm. didn't kill her parents. We here believe if you get up in a single prop plane and you're the pilot, then you're taking your life into your own hands. You can't Mm. blame your daughter for studying instead of going to the beach or something like that. Yeah, and and this is a little bit of out of of order, but it is crazy that the movie rewrites that history and then (laughs) has no interest in the consequences at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just doesn't care that they've drastically changed time. Yeah. If I they, like the simple time travel. It, make, it makes my head hurt less. Yeah. If, so if they change time, does oh, that mean that the cop still goes to, like, Eternia at the end or something? This is a, this is a real... We <laughs> That's could, a great question. Yeah, what, what we are could we do a whole right other now? podcast If on her this. parents are alive, then she's not there to find the the cosmic Okay, key. we're pulling out oh, the dry yeah, erase yeah, board. Yeah, Hold yeah. on. Yeah. So the next question I have here... I'm going to give somebody like two points if they can get this and everyone can get a shot. I mean, we can buzz in, but so Chris Pine's, one of Chris Pine's relatives is in this movie. Uh, Does anybody want to guess? You don't have to say the exact name of the character or whatever, but one of the characters with um, lines is, is Chris Pine's relative in this movie. Does anybody have a guess? It's Chris Pine's mom. Yeah. And she plays, is it Evil Lynn? No, but you did reveal that it is Chris Pine's mom. I did know it was Chris Chris Pine's mom. Yes, but why did you start with that? If you weren't, now they can Well, wait, 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 wait. You said it was two points. I should get one point for that. Yeah, give him a point. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, it's, it's, um, I do know. Can I guess again? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're not going to let him guess again. All right. I was going to guess that maybe it was, um, Courtney Cox's mom. Yes. Courtney Cox's mom. That was the person I was going to guess. Yeah. (laughs) Courtney Cox's mom in this is Chris Pine's mom. Oh, wow. Yeah. Both his parents are famous actors in their own right, but, um, baby. Yeah. I can't, um, I think, um, his dad played Sarge, um, in, now I have to look it up because I, yeah, I, I know why you do that. No victim blaming for Courtney Cox, but she really gave up that key so easily yeah. to the illusion oh, yeah. of her dead mom. Like, yeah. Now we're questioning, mom, why would you need this thing? It's an outer space thing. Just running back. She had so much time to think about it too. She ran back, got the key, went there and gave it to Evil Lynn. But yeah, it's funny to think that Gwildor also falls to Evil Lynn's <laughs> trickery. Uh, yeah. I wonder if he was like, had a harder time yeah, like resisting Evil Lynn or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the so um, Chris Pine's father, Robert Pine, played Sarge um, in Chips. So he was oh, one of the Chips. main characters in Chips, but um, he seemed to have done a lot of like like television work and stuff like that. So yeah, th- that's a celebrity tie-in. Fun fact. And, yeah, fun fact. Yeah, well, fun. We'll see. How, uh, how are the points getting distributed? Yeah. Here? <laughs> <laughs> 
you guys each got a point for that. Ooh, all right. Um, and then I also wanted to mention that um, Christina Pickles, who plays the sorceress in the film, <laughs> would... Um, is that her real name? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Okay. That is cool. Pickles is a cool last name. From yeah. Rugrats. Yeah. Yeah, really. So she plays the sorceress of Grayskull in this film. And she would later go on to play Courtney Cox's mom in the Friends show. She's, oh, um, what is Courtney uh, Cox's character's uh, name? Monica. Monica. Monica, yeah. Monica and Chandler's Geller. mom is played by Christina Pickles in the show. Monica and Ross's mom. Oh, is it Monica and Ross? Yeah. Yeah. I took a swing. I've never heard <laughs> of Friends, but yeah, it's I've. It's Monica and Ross yeah. Geller. Yeah. Yeah. So she must play Mrs. Geller. I, j- yeah. I just want to give a quick shout out to Sorceress. Her outfit, she's got that big crystal thing on her head. Yeah. In the, in the cartoon, she has like an eagle cow. That oh, is yeah. really cool. Yeah, so actually, and this also came up in my in my search. So she had two outfits. Okay. One of them is like the eagle cow, like yeah, you were yeah. mentioning. They kind of switched the feathers for crystals. And apparently the other one is sort of more Egyptian. So it kind of looks like what Skeletor ends up looking like at the end of this movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, you, I mean, you can look it up. Yeah, for all, for all of our, and I know we have plenty, Mortal Kombat heads who are also <laughs> listeners to this podcast. When Skeletor gets his gold powers, he looks just like Shao Kahn from Mortal Kombat. Yeah. He's got that big, like, skull headdress thing. I was mm-hmm. going to say he looked like, if anyone plays Breath of the Wild, the uh, Thunder helm that he has to yeah. wear. Oh, yeah. The giant helm. metal sort of hat. Yeah, it's one of those hats that have, like, too many layers. Like, it almost looks like you could cut that hat at a bunch of different spots and it would still make sense. It's got, like, three layers. For the final character that I've loosely divided this round into is uh, Kevin, everyone's favorite (laughs) character. Kevin! We love you, Kevin. So, uh, the first question I have is, um, what does he call the cosmic key when they first find it? A synthesizer. More specifically? Oh, a a Tokyo synthesizer? Japanese Um, synthesizer? Japanese synthesizer, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's, yeah, he calls it a Japanese synthesizer, which seems like a very late 80s or early 90s thing where they're like, oh yeah, it's like some sort of crazy technology. The Japanese must have invented it or something (laughs) like that. It's sort of like the soft racism of like the like. Have, mm-hmm. have we come up to another movie that's done um, that yet? I, I'm not sure, but it, it there is that trope in movies from that time where yeah. it's like, oh, like sushi is really gross, like that type of thing. Yeah, it's and like, like yeah, we've you, yeah, thankfully you, we've moved past that as a yeah. society. Have you tried this far out concept of taking your shoes off when you come into your, somebody's house or something <laughs> like that? Yeah, like, there's a, the, another like trope from that era that we see in the movie too is where the movie kind of makes fun of vegetarian, like, yeah. healthy uh, living, like, because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, like, this meat, it's wild that anyone would eat meat ever. Yeah, again, I looked it up. I couldn't find anything that anyone in Masters of the Universe was vegetarian. So it's just something they add in this yeah, movie. that was a weird ad. Oh, w- w- Virtuosity does that, too, where they go to the sushi restaurant, and it's yeah, sort of... Yeah, oh, yeah, you're it's, right, yeah. It's very othering, which is not great. And yeah, then no. um, Surviving the Game had the meat joke. They're like, oh, all there is is meat yep. out here. Yep. Yeah, that's a, that's the secret like theme of like all the what movies. Was, that yeah, what was the other movie we did? Every <laughs> which way, but loose. Oh, every yeah. which way, but loose. Yeah, that was from before that era. Yeah, uh, yeah. no, that, that one just hates on clam chowder. Yeah, Clint yeah. Eastwood hadn't heard of sushi at that yeah. point. Yeah, it's uh, everything in that movie is beer. Like yeah. it's pretty much all we're watching Clyde consume. All right, what skill does Kevin possess that makes him useful in this movie? Well, he is a, uh, according to Gwildor, he is a master songsmith or songwriter. He can, he so can, so oh, 
He has perfect pitch. He has perfect pitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's one, possibly two times. I, I think it's the guy who, the like 12 year old who owns the music shop says like, sure, Mr. Perfect Pitch or something like that. And then he looks at the camera and says, did you get that? He has perfect pitch. That'll come up later. Yeah. That's another, like, that to me is the most golden and globus part of this. Like the most canon part of it is like a kid who seems to be like a year older than the main character owns a music store because his name's charlie and it's called charlie's music store so like it definitely is his music store yeah he's doing well for himself mm-hmm. it's it again it's wild that this movie gives all of the emotional arcs and all of the setup and payoff to the human characters who yeah. are not yeah. from Eternia. yeah true um the transform the michael bay transformers movie where somehow shia labeouf is the most important character in this and not the giant robots that go ahead oh i was gonna say transformers at least always has human characters like aside from that first run like every run of cartoons of transformers always centered it around Mm -hmm. human characters he-man not so (laughs) though i will say he-man is half human oh yeah his mom queen marlena is a NASA scientist, I mean, a NASA astronaut whose um, shuttle was knocked off course and she lands in Eternia and then marries the king Damn. and has t- um, two twins, He-Man, well, Prince Adam, and then whatever She-Ra's, like, normal name ah, is. so they're twins. I didn't realize that. Didn't yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So she lived, like, a whole Outlander-style life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah, so He-Man a human. Which which sort of like there's one part the part with man at arms eating the meat and seems to like know about all this stuff because Gwildor also doesn't seem to know that the it's meat but then goes on eating it because he is a truly frightening creature. <laughs> um, he seems to have like un, like everyone speaks English, which yes. right off the right out of right. the gate is like what what's going on? Like do we speak Eternian and we just assume that it's English? Like it's not like they came down and spoke Spanish or something like that, or came, like came to Earth and spoke Spanish. How, how far away is Eternia that you can get there by space shuttle? Here, let me pull up that the. Oh um, my! And also, how many how many uh, metrons? Yeah, no. So I didn't look it up, but Gwildor, when he is um, doing the cosmic key stuff in the back of the thing, like um, has a couple of like little things to represent Earth and represent Eternia. And he starts quoting things in metrons in a number that doesn't make any sense based on the other uses of metrons. People say, I think it's like, and it's 20 metrons away, but then they use like 10 metrons to signify like a distance in the suburbs. So I'm like, unless Eternia, you can like see it like from the sky. Like, I don't think it's 20 metrons away. I think we asked too much of this movie to create a, a sustainable lore. I think they wanted to get out of Eternia so fast so they wouldn't have to be like, here's our language. Here's our system of measurement. Here's our culture. Here's our religion. Like they did not give us anything to work Here, on. They're like, let's just get to earth quickly so we can make fun of, of their culture. Yeah. Here's our norms about ownership of vehicles and clothing. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's sort of like if the Avatar movie was set entirely on Earth. And it's like, <laughs> we, we would we want to see what's happening on Pandora, please. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean, eventually they might run out of ideas. Who knows? Avatar Five might be like on Earth, the way of Earth. Yeah. Oh, these freaking Avatar movies. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, the next question I have here is the one recognizable song that plays in the movie is. Purple Haze, Jimi Hendrix. Yep, that's a great track from Are You Experienced. 
they spent money on that, not on like uh, much else in this movie, not on Gwildor's mask so that his <laughs> eyes open and close correctly or um, the Burger King tie-in or anything like that. But they did get Purple Haze, which makes me think that Jimi Hendrix's estate was just giving that away for a song at the time. The next question I have is, so then Kevin goes to um, the prom. Did anybody clock what um, the theme of the prom was? Uh, fantasy around the world. Yeah, or around the world fantasy. Around the world fantasy. Either way, it doesn't there, make yeah. sense. Yeah, fan- around the world is like a very non-fantasy theme. Yeah. Like, it's like, here's a bunch of things that exist. <laughs> and then fantasy, I guess the fantasy of being able to go around the world, which is a real, like, rubbing it in their noses. They're like, you guys are graduating from this small town high school. You guys are all going to be working at... Corey's like music store or whatever. Here's your only time to see the pyramids or the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Is these cardboard cutouts. Yeah, the one didn't you clock the one Africa like Yeah, that's correct. They blow up the pyramids like right away when Yarg (laughs) Karg runs through the door. Yeah. Yeah, the only representation from Africa that we notice on there, they blow it up immediately. Um so next, um, what does Carl, the cool school janitor, say while he's being um, carried out on a stretcher? Um, Kevin asks him what happened. He's, he says something along the lines of, I hope you never have to find out. Yeah, he says, you don't even want to know. <laughs> <laughs> also, the janitor's wearing like a letterman jacket. Like, yeah. is the janitor a student? Is the janitor a former student? A coach? Yeah. Like. Is the janitor, fr- is that a letterman jacket from another school? Like the janitor went to a different high school and he's like, well, I, I was still like on varsity. I'm going to wear, like, you'll get your jacket dirty, man. Like, don't don't wear your jacket. This this would have been a great Dick Miller cameo. Oh my if God. this character oh. was Dick Miller, yeah. Uh, he's the, the He plays the janitor in Chopping Mall. He's yeah. got a pretty big role in Matinee. Yeah, and since his character is just going to get like knocked over yeah, by the Right. Stunt man, like having Dick, that would have like, that would have brought this whole movie up another grade level. Mm-hmm. Like, would have, <laughs> so we've got one more round. Um, where, where are we at for points? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think I caught up a little. So I we, think, I think Bob's running away with this one. So far. so we've got a tie here. Stephen Maureen are at five Ooh. points, Uh-oh. and then Bob has seven. <sighs> Oh, yeah. Not, not out of range. Yeah. For the final round, I'm bringing back an old favorite um, fake wow. IMDb trivia. Oh, Yay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to go around. I've got 12 facts. So everyone gets four. And then I have a tiebreaker question, um, if need be. Um, so it'll just be there's no buzzing in for this round. Great. So um, everybody will just do it in order. All you have to do, and making it clear this time. It's an IMDb fact. It may be true. It may be false. It may. It's probably misspelled, and it's certainly not remembered correctly. All I want from you is, is this, at time of recording, a fact you can find in the IMDb trivia section, or is it one that I made up in the style of an IMDb trivia fact? Okay, so okay. can we call them IMDb facts or Mark facts? Yes. That's fine, true. That's a good way to answer. We'll start with Steve. So I'm going to read the whole fact, 
as it's written. So for like, forgive me if it's we've got confusing. Or as you wrote it. Yeah. You know, well, as it's written by me or one of the other main. Okay. Maybe we should call them IMDb comments. <laughs> the word fact is very misleading I- here. IMDb lore. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. This is canon according to IMDb. Uh, so the first one we have here. He-Man's pet tiger, Cringer, slash Battle Cat, does not appear in the film because the film's budget and that the character would have been animatronic and expensive to make. It's most likely Cringer, slash Battle Cat, and other characters from the cartoons that didn't appear in the film may have been killed when Skeletor used the cosmic key to attack the city and capture Castle Grayskull. I well, I know that Battle Cat and Cringer don't appear in the movie. I don't know that it's a, the thing about him being killed is true. Yeah, it, this this one has two facts, and the second one is like a or speculation the, about what mo- the reason yeah. that like in in movie reason why they might not be. Or there. that specifically they would have done an animatronic because this movie is pretty cheap. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna say this is false. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Bob knows what the problem is. I'm gonna is say it a Mark fact true. or an IMDb fact? <laughs> I, think, I, I think I did a good job explaining how the rules work, right? I, I think this is a Mark fact. No, this is one you can find on IMDb's oh. page right now. This is an IMDb trivia fact. Then I'm going to say this is an IMDb trivia fact. <laughs> it's so much speculation. It's like, he might have been killed before the movie. That's why he wasn't there. Yeah. Imagine... How grim a movie this would be! Like He Man seems pretty cheery. Like it's not yeah. like his yeah. best friend was just killed. Like, if I, if I recall, uh, Cringer has a voice that's like, yeah, it's kind of like Snagglepuss or the Funky Phantom. Yeah, he's like the Funky Phantom. Yeah. The next trivia fact I have here: Gwildor was created specifically for the movie to provide comic relief as most of the other characters are portrayed as much more serious. Hmm. Looking at Mark, I've known you for a long time trying to figure out this is your voice. I'm going to say this is a Mark fact. It is a Mark fact, yeah. (laughs) This was me trying to put on the like including I included information that's that seems like conjecture, like most of the characters are portrayed as much more serious and stuff. Oh, that's fifteen plus years of friendship right there. Yeah. So the next question I have for Bob. Bob yes. has known me longer. Longer, so I know. I wasn't true, trying to make a competition, yeah. but I was trying to use my knowledge the best I could. Right. Uh, Mark and I are cousins uh, mm-hmm. for listeners at home. Yeah, that's Wait, don't what? Have this information. <laughs> <laughs> what? So Michael Jackson visited the Castle Grayskull throne room set. Oh, man, this seems so random uh, of a uh, piece of lore. So I'm going to say this is an IMDb lore. Yeah, this is IMDb lore. Yeah, I don't have any way to prove if that's true or not, but it is. it does say it on the website today. He-Man meets He-He-Man. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) That set sounded awful. Like, and they were like disassembling it. Hopefully he did it before, like they they were destroying it. Yeah. Um, the next uh, f- uh, lore fact for Steve. Ugh. The film takes place in 1986 and 1987. I think that's true, yes. <laughs> I, uh, no, that is an IMDb fact. Yep. Somebody Great. decided to write that on the IMDb <laughs> trivia section. Yeah, because 96 is when the gravestone is for the parents. Oh, Did so I, when no. she goes back, that means that she would be in... 
No, no, 80s. Did 86. I say 96 or 86 80s. and 87? Yeah, 86. Yeah, 80. yeah, you said, said 97. Oh, okay, yeah. great. No, so yeah. It's, Whatever. It's, Do I get my points? Yes, you got the point. <laughs> it, it's implied that the parents dying happened like real recently. And that's why when she like goes back, despite her being dressed as like in the pajamas of like one of the little girls from Little House on the Prairie, she's still like high school age. Mm. Yeah, it's confusing. It seems like the romance between her and Kevin is sort of like um forced no not <laughs> not well yes it does seem like forced but it seems like they're having a um oh what's the name i can't remember the name of the movie uh the cameron crow boombox movie oh stand by me no say anything. I say anything yeah yeah it seems like they're having sort of a say anything romance where she's like leaving and she's like you know john cusack is going to travel with her yeah for the one scene where they bring it up it yeah is like that. yes yeah. yeah in the in the movie about the masters of the universe the next IMDb fact or fiction, Frank Langella worked on his body in preparation for playing Skeletor. Hmm. I'm going to say Mark Beck. No, that's actually on the IMDb trivia page right now, and people found it helpful. <laughs> Presumably. <laughs> the next one I have here. In the first fight scene on Earth between He-Man and Skeletor's mercenaries, the junkyard s- seems to be strangely close to the school. When brought up by the script supervisor, director Gary Goddard assured him they would add some additional dialogue explaining this. No dialogue appears in the theatrical release despite this promise. All right. I think this is a Mark Nessel piece of lore. Yeah, I did make it. <laughs> yeah. We we commented on the fact that it was that. very close and yeah. very strange. I think it's also just the case that there there aren't like apart from the um fast food place, there aren't notable locations in no. this. You you wouldn't look at this and be like, "Oh, that's LA." It's just like random, you know, streets and suburbs and things. Yeah. The the one thing that makes it LA is when Skeletor's like they're in the, his big computer room and they zoom in. If you were a weirdo and paused it specifically at the few frames where they do zoom in, it's very clear that it is like Southern California. Hmm. I I actually think I um uh, one of the podcasts that I listened to in preparation for this did um say they think it's it's uh, Whittier uh, city in California, which nowadays is basically known as like a wildfire area, but is one of the suburbs in California. I don't know if that's true, but um, that's what they think based on like the zooming in scene. The um, yeah, the ge- geography of this movie is confusing in general, especially on Eternia. But Earth, the Earth stuff is equally confusing because yeah. again, they only use like two sets on earth and we get the house we get the junkyard and we get the school mm-hmm. and the like the downtown area which is completely vacant but on Eternia it's like Eternia consists of Castle Grayskull and Wildor's house and those are like and like yeah. the area outside of yeah, Wildor's house yeah the map painting house. where there's yeah. right. four yeah. men standing yeah. yeah every time Skeletor's hologram is up I did I did count this, but it didn't seem like it was a good question. There's eight actors that are eight visible at the bottom of the screen. Four of them are like standing with their hands tied up, like like yeah, rebels that have been captured. And then yeah. four of them are the Skeletor troopers. So it's eight people watching. Four of them who are employed by Skeletor. <laughs> it seems like Skeletor has kind of conquered all of Eternia. Like there's like <laughs> yeah. twenty people. Right. Who are like, yeah. Small kingdom. Yeah. They also say that Skeletor got into the city. 
using the cosmic key. Uh-huh. We never see the city. I don't even think they name the city. Which... There's yeah, there's a scene at the very beginning that struck me as odd. Um, the second time we watched the movie because the sorceress is standing on like a balcony and we see a matte painting mm-hmm. of Eternia <laughs> and it's like a sprawl. Yeah. Like it, it, it is a sprawling cityscape. And I'm like, that's not what we see later in the movie at all. It's a wasteland. <laughs> like when we see the surrounding of um, Castle Grayskull, it's in the middle of like a desert, like mm-hmm. scrubland. Yeah, so. I, th- I think it's supposed to be like Super Mario, where there's like a desert land yeah. and there's like a forest land, like an ice land or something. Yeah, like she's that. looking outside the window to the north and there's a cityscape, but then we only see to the south. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Um, so the next question I have here is for mm. Steve, Steve, I think. Um, so. Before this film, Dolph Lundgren appeared in two previous roles, A View to Kill 1985 and Rocky IV 1985. (laughs) Yes. He would go on to appear in many additional films. Uh, Oh, okay. (laughs) So that is true. I... But that's not the question. Yes. <laughs> okay. It only took you three times. This like, is a this is an IMDb fact. No, this one oh, I made up. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that it, it appears to be true as far as I could tell, and maybe some people will find it useful. But no, <laughs> many more films. Uh, many additional films many is additional. what I wrote, which I thought was <laughs> oh. just off kilter enough to various oh. various, various yeah. films, various, various films. songs, various songs. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the so. that's, a, that's a reference yeah. that the listeners may not know. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Everybody's seen Legend of the Stardust. No, we'll de- we'll, uh, depending on how long you let us keep doing this podcast, that will come up at some point. Oh, we that, haven't that'd even, be a hard one. We've got a long list of musicals that will eventually end up on this podcast. Um, so, Mo, Frank Langella had wanted Skeletor to look more like he did in the cartoon and Gary Goddard objected to Franklin Jella showing off his body in the movie and that he didn't want Skeletor to be sexy, and it was dropped. IMDb fact? That is, some somebody wrote that on IMDb. Mm. I can't, like, verify that. Maybe Gary Goddard did want um, Skeletor to be sexy. This is all just conjecture. <laughs> so you got that one right. In the final battle... Blade is seen whacked in the face with a blaster rifle by He-Man and isn't seen again. According to Wiki, the Wiki Grayskull website, Blade is knocked into the bottomless pit beneath the throne room. I'm going to say that is an IMDB lore. Uh, yes, piece. yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> We use so many and different. I, like, I, know. I don't want to respond this is immediately. IMDB yeah. lore. Is IMDB or Mark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that no, but you got it right. Yes, that is su- found somewhere on there. So that's a trivia fact that somebody wrote about a Wikipedia entry somebody else wrote about this movie. <laughs> yeah, not only have I gotten all of my questions wrong, as it's been going around the room in my head silently, I've been getting all these questions wrong <laughs> as well. So I don't, maybe I'm in the wrong headspace for this. In the film, the character Blade is portrayed by actor, director, fight coordinator, and weapons expert Anthony DeLandis. In 1998, the film Blade was released, starring Wesley Snipes. DeLandis did not participate in the making of this film. <laughs> I, I think this is a Mark fact. Yep, I'm right. <laughs> I thought I might get somebody with that. That was one sort of a swing. High risk, high reward with that one. That is true, though. 
It, it yeah, is true. it is true. Mo, this one's a long one, so bear with me. Okay. <sighs> in a scripted scene, Kevin Corrigan is actually seated alone in a pizzeria and is testing out the cosmic key. When he pushes a button, the key plays a musical melody, and the cups, plates, and pizzas around the pizzeria all float through the air. When the musical melody stops playing and the pizza slices, cups, and plates all crash to the ground, and in response, Kevin says, radical. This scene was not filmed, but was used in novelizations and was mentioned in the official movie and poster magazine. I hope this wasn't you. I'm going to say IMDb. Yes, that is IMDb. There are things in this that I don't I don't know what a poster magazine is. Novelization? Yeah, yeah. I was going to point that out as well. There's what? more than one adaptation <laughs> of this as a book. That could Or be even a, one. Yeah, yeah. That could be a misspelling. I'm curious like let me like uh I don't see anything here about there being a novelization, but the He-Man fandom pages of all the Masters of the Universe books came came up. Um but it doesn't immediately show up there. Well, our, our novels, most, Mark. Yeah. Put uh, some respect on the He-Man <laughs> brand. Well, it says books on no, here. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's what the community labels it as. Um, so, yeah, some of our more dogged fans can go f- try to find the exact one and, I don't know, post it on our... No, don't, don't post anything on our <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now I've got one last one for Bob here. When he's ready. Yes. She-Ra is another character in the Masters of the Universe franchise, but has never been portrayed in a live-action film. Oh, interesting. Um, I feel like that is not true, um, but that's not the question. <laughs> um, I'm going to say that this is an IMDb piece of lore you said that real slowly <laughs> yeah because I'm, I'm not sure yeah well you're not sure but i'm like well you've already started saying like it's not like you i could, said like, the word i face. said the it's yeah i said imdb yeah. so you think it's it was on the imdb page it was not I oh made that one up. Yeah. and i do think that's true there are okay. non-live action she right movies. yes um the, but the netflix yeah yeah series, but which i enjoyed no, Mm-hmm. But there's not a Shira one. And one of the things I like to do when there are a lot of these facts is I can sort by helpfulness, like because there is no up or down voting, but you people can choose, like say that they found this fact helpful or not. And so this one had the least, and you can say not helpful too, which I think lowers the score. So this one at time of recording had the lowest like helpfulness score. Um. It's funny to think of trivia as being helpful too. Like people say, like, this is helpful, but what, how does it actually help you in your <laughs> in life? In what way does it help you? Yeah, yeah. so don't blink because this is the whole fact. Dudley Moore was considered for a role. <laughs> Doesn't say which role. For a role. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, the, the cast opted for Dudley Less. Yeah. I looked up who <laughs> Dudley Moore was. Wouldn't really make sense which character he would be. Like, I don't, I don't know him who from other Dudley stuff. Moore? Yeah, he's an English actor. He played the original Arthur in the Arthur movies. Uh, he was in Arthur Two. Um, he was. It's just like it seems like a bunch of like seventies comedies. He was part of the Beyond the Fringe comedy review, which is sort of like a pre or like contemporaries of Monty Python, like mm. sort of avant like sketch comedy and stuff like that. Um, there's a couple of other like famous people in it, but it, it's sort of like. 
whereas Monty Python's kind of more famous. It's like at least for my generation and my like our like Americans, yeah. I don't know a ton of people who go around and talk about like the like six guys listed here in that review. Mm. But yeah, I've heard of Beyond the Fringe before. But yeah, I'm curious wh- what Dudley Moore was considered for. Yeah. We'll never know. Yeah. Gildor maybe. Gildor. Yeah. yeah. If if that poster is listening, please go on and edit that with more information. <laughs> yeah. Again, there is a laundry list of characters who don't appear in this movie. Yeah. So maybe he could have played Fisto. Yeah. He, he played, just yeah. got cut. Snout spout or Snout something. Spout, yeah. yeah. Quil- um, Orko's girlfriend's little brother. Yeah. <laughs> so the final question I have here is, what do Eternians say instead of goodbye? Uh, oh. uh, good journey? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so before we wish our audience a good journey, we have to declare the winner. So in third place with a score of seven, we have Steve. Uh, in second place with a score of eight, we have Mo. Ooh. And in first place with a score of 10, we've got Bob. Hey, hey. first win. Yeah, so Bob. <laughs> who has I, the power. Yeah. I have the power <laughs> of the points. Yeah, so the prize this week is a Japanese synthesizer. Oh, great. Yeah, so if you look over here, I've got a refurbished 1974 Yamaha SY1. It doesn't have mini su- MIDI support because it's like this older. I should say I also have some consolation prizes here for you oh, two. Great. These uh-huh. are stones that allow you to travel anywhere across space or time. Oh, I just dope. had them lying around. Oh, so, great. Yeah. Thank you. I, yeah, Steve, I know you had been saying that you had killed somebody by dis- like not deciding to go on a trip with them or mm-hmm. something like yes, that. Yes, that's correct. Yes. Yeah, so if you want to go change that. Wow, or, power of time. That's yeah. such a consolation And yeah, Bob, I hope you enjoy your synthesizer. Thanks. Does it do anything um, uh, besides synthesize? No. I mean, oh, well, I should... Okay. What do you mean besides... It's a synthesizer. Well, yeah, it but me, I mean, like... like $1,300. Bucks. But does like, it, like, make <laughs> lights appear above me? Does it... Uh, do people say far out when I play it? Um, do, well, that's, uh, that second part is up to you. Okay. Like how good you well, are at all it. right. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, well, can it take me to another dimension? I guess is all I really want to know. Um... I don't know. I, I didn't come with a manual, okay. so you'll have to well, go check it out. I'll have to find a master right. songsmith. Hey, yeah. hey, guys! I just got back. I traveled to to ancient uh, Rome. Oh wow! Pretty cool. Oh man! Yeah, and like oh. zero consequences of doing no that, right? I yeah. wish my synthesizer could do that. I, I right. stabbed Julius Caesar. I was one of the guys. Oh, that was oh, you! Wow. Yeah, a yeah. two, wow. Steve. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I thought I saw that Frisco. You were in that Frisco. I'm like, that that looks a lot like yeah, Steve. If, if you look in the background of the Mona Lisa now, I'm back there. Yeah, and you're and glasses. Oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> you photobombed the Mona Lisa. That's yeah. right. You're yeah. doing like a Bender's Big Score situation yeah. where you're going around and like stealing a bar, like. I just checked. It's a much worse painting now. People don't like it nearly as much as they used to. It's not in It's somehow smaller too. All right. That must be why she was smiling. You must have made a joke about Avatar. Yeah. yeah under you, like, she was like, what is Avatar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Maureen, for some reason, you can't think of when I was like handing this to you. I'm like, you can go anywhere in space and time. You're like, nah, I've I just want to go home. I've just been staring at the lights the whole time. I'm like, oh, I can do more with this? Yeah. Steve, would you recommend this movie? Yeah, you know, I think I would. I think it's a little bit better. We were talking earlier in the podcast about other movies that pull this trick. It's no uh, Star Trek Four, but it is better than a lot of the movies that we mentioned. It's way better than Beastmaster Two. <laughs> it, <laughs> it takes that movie to school. Yeah. Uh, don't watch that ever. 
Yeah. Watch so, this movie instead. Some tells me when I do the Beastmaster episode, Steve's not going to be one of the panelists. <laughs> so, yeah, this movie is also, I think, better than Hercules in New York, but that movie's a little weirder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but anyway, uh, He-Man, yeah, check out the cartoon. It's weird. It's fun. Uh, you know, watch an episode or two. Uh, you know, the movie's not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... I think I'd recommend it because I'm my only issue is I'm not sure who the movie's for. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would think it's for people who like He-Man, but that doesn't seem like they take from that IP a lot. And then since He-Man's kind of a, a children's show cartoon, you would think there'd be like kids in this movie as background characters and not teenagers. But they really, really focus on like the teenagers and that stage of your life. And so I'm, is it for teenagers? I don't quite know. Um, but it was pretty enjoyable. Um, and one thing I did appreciate about it is that normally in these kind of sci-fi fantasy things, it's always the women who wear no armor to protect themselves. And it's only covering like the parts to make them look sexy. And in this one, Tila was fully covered in armor and He-Man was wearing the diaper. So mm-hmm. I did appreciate that. Yeah, there's that one scene to what you are saying before when Man-at-Arms comments when they see the two couple making out like me and your mother used to do that. Um that's not something you normally see in the cartoon or like a kid's <laughs> movie or something like that. There's a bunch of, it's like there's, and there's a jo- jokes for adults and stuff like that. Yeah. In it, which, so it seems like it's supposed to be all ages, but and I don't it ends know. with like a teenage romance where they're going to love each other for the rest of their lives. And I don't know. It's it just, it's weird. They use teenagers, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie doesn't pass the Bechdel test, right? Oh, no, yeah. no. We didn't. I don't have we any didn't questions mention about that, it. Yeah. But no. It got yeah. close a few times. Yeah. Um, it's hard because at the beginning, if you remember, there's the character of Courtney Cox's co-worker. Mm-hmm. Who oh, they are talking to they, each other. They are talking to each what, other. they're talking about Kevin, I think? They talk about yeah. Kevin. She does talk about going to New Jersey. I forget yeah. the rules. Is it like the whole scene has to be it? Or well, we need the... to talk about Kevin. Uh, well, yeah. No, I think as long as they're talking about, like, at any point, talking about something that's not a man, I think that counts. Okay, so they do talk about um, her leaving. Because so, I was like, thinking her, also... her deciding to like leave town. Does it also count when um, Courtney Cox is talking to Evelyn, even though she was dressed as her mom? I guess oh, so, yeah, because they're talking yeah. about the cosmic key. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that would count. Yeah. Okay, all right. So there you go. All right, there we mm-hmm. go. Uh, Yeah, I would say that um, if you are interested in, like, theatrics and, like, costumes and, like, interesting sort of looking uh, fantastical characters, then I would say check it out. Um, Frank, what's his name again? Frank Langella. Frank Langella does a really good performance as Skeletor. It's, it's, you know, really enjoyable. He brings this up, like, a grade and a half, like, level. (laughs) It's crazy. He he turns the Skeletor character into literally a different character than he is in the Mm -hmm. television show. Uh, Yeah, and it is pretty good. So I would say, like, you know, if you want that, check it out. Otherwise, you know. Yeah. You can you can leave it. <laughs> you don't have to watch it. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to watch any of these movies. You don't have to right. listen to this podcast. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I mentioned before that I I am a big sci-fi fantasy fan. Um so this is kind of like right up my alley, but at the same time, it's uh it's not that great. So yeah. <laughs> I find Sword and Sandal movies to be I'm a huge sci-fi fantasy fan as well. I find the Sword and Sandal movies to be like the most watchable normally, like the floor being the highest. Mm-hmm. This one is definitely as um Steve said before, not like the best Sword and Sandal. It's not the best like Sword and Sandal fish out of water. There's like a lot of little subcategories. It's better than Beastmaster. It's better. <laughs> um but um the one thing I will say is like the Frank Langella performance, like there's a couple of other things, the kind of like weird 
canon-esque additions that added to it goes from a movie that you can kind of watch and not pay attention at all to a movie you can watch and sort of get a couple of like good moments from i definitely think it's worth watching if you like the super easily watchable like sword and sandal movies from the 80s where people are pretending to sword fight pretending to shoot lasers at each other pretending to jump off stuff but no I, i had a fun time watching this i had a fun time talking with you guys about it and uh just before we go um say good journey do you have anything you want to plug steve uh no but good journey to you all yeah do you have any media you want to plug no not right now but good journey yeah how about you bob yes good journey everyone um check out mission rejected um we are coming up on the finale for season Mm -hmm. four um which is very exciting I but, I do have something I want to plug. I just oh, want to okay. quickly mention that we are on Instagram. Uh, oh, we yeah. have uh, yeah. what underscore did underscore we underscore just underscore watch <laughs> underscore pod <laughs> on Instagram. So the check most us out. SEO of all like name we've chosen. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so all I want to say is rate and review this podcast. Tell a friend if you, if you think they might be interested. Tell two friends. Yeah. Tell, yeah. <laughs> if you have two friends, tell them both. Um, How lucky that would be. And have yeah. those two friends get four friends and sell them a package mm-hmm. of subscribing with us. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Keep going. I want to thank um, Dan Killian, who does the music each week, but also got to be here in person and actually like turn the knob. So like I actually am recording this correctly for like the first time. Speaking of Dan turning the knobs, Dan is sometimes known uh, in the music scene as Danny Dials uh, when he plays the synthesizer. So thanks to Danny Dials. Danny the Dials of Destiny. Yeah, Yeah, you can have your brother look at your new Yamaha, or I guess refurbished. Yes, right, exactly. Can you look at this stone too? It's just so bright and glowy. Yeah. Yeah, I actually just went back in time and I I met uh, someone from the past. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I can't think of... All right. (laughs) Good job, Steve. Thank you. There are so many things you could have said. You you should go back in time and stop yourself from making that joke. place my cosmic keys. Oh, look, I found native clothes. Yeah, native <laughs> a human Lambo. What do you think I am, a torquedom? Yeah. I killed a man and stole his car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Gwildor is, is there's, it's Grand Theft Gwildor in this movie. <laughs> so, Bob got a I have the power in. Do we want to go around and quickly give an I have the power? Sure. For everyone. You want to start? Uh, no, not really. Oh. <laughs> you could go first. Right. Well, do you want to start? Are we just saying I have the power? I guess. Our yeah. best yeah. impression? Yeah, your best impression. I have the power! I have the power! I have the power! <laughs> All right, great. I have the power! <laughs> Woo!